everyone. Welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, one goes missing, one shows up. What are we talking about? Well, of course, we're talking about the missing Utah obelisk. And at the same time, another obelisk shows up, this time in Romania. First off, let's get to the missing obelisk from Utah. And we talked about this last week a little bit, where this uh, approximately 12-foot-tall uh, we believe was a polished aluminum triangular obelisk was found out there in southeastern Utah on federal park lands. It was found by uh, some Utah State Police who were flying around in a helicopter counting bighorn sheep. That sounds like a fun job to me. Now, we all read the article online. It was posted on ufowarning.com. I have the new links posted there. UFOWarning.com, and you can see uh, various Utah State Police officers uh, walking around the area, kind of just flummoxed by this thing. Uh, at one point, uh, two of the guys uh, observe it, one standing on the shoulders of another to give an idea of how big it is, and uh, we talked about how this uh, discovery was approached by both the federal park officials, who um, just seemed to have a pretty lazy attitude of, well, it's there, what can we do about it? And the overlap that happened there between the state and local law enforcement and the federal law enforcement. Seeing how the situation was handled, it's not at all hard to understand uh, why uh, we have so much trouble finding folks that go missing in these situations. It just seems like there was a real uh, absence of curiosity on the part of the federal government to reach any kind of conclusions about how this thing happened here. And then, of course, we had the mainline uh, news media step in. My opinion, they have about as much credibility as Pravda from the Soviet Union. And we saw how they just, uh, the, 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 the real, truly laziness involved in the reporting and the very sophomoric attitude that they took toward the whole thing. And then, of course, we had the obligatory links in with the Tic Tac UFO. I mean, Honestly, folks, the reporting today on the topic of UFOs, about 90% of it is just cut and paste. I'm pretty sure most of this stuff is done on a uh, pay-per-word model where uh, people are just sitting around in their little home offices and cafes. They're, they're literally pasting and cutting this stuff off the Internet and then submitting it for publication. So the value of the reporting that we get from the mainline media is almost zero. And the thing that we noticed in the reporting on this, on this obelisk here in Utah, was they tried to make it like it was a big secret. They overplayed uh, the remoteness of the object. They tried to, the thing might as well have been located on the moon, the way they described it. And what was soon found out, though, by some, uh, I guess you would call crowdsourcing or ground sourcing investigators, was that the, some, some uh, just some regular folks went online to Google and they... Uh, started looking through the historical uh, Google Maps, and they found this thing. They found that it showed up sometime, it looks like, in 2016, maybe, 2015. And they got the location of it, which I thought was pretty cool. Now, this kind of bears out. You know, we talk about disclosure on this program all the time, but what I found interesting from this incident was how the mainline press tried to, uh, they did just conspire with state and local law enforcement and federal law enforcement to try to do whatever they could to hide the location of this thing. They got into this whole, uh, we know better than you thing. Well, we can't have all these people out here. 
And what happened was some people, uh, they did some due diligence, they got onto publicly available data from Google Maps, and they located this thing. I mean, they pinned this baby. And as soon as they did that, they posted it on Reddit, the location, latitude, longitude. And uh, you had some uh, hardcore investigators headed that way to investigate for themselves. Now, it doesn't sound like it was a lot of people. It was described that this thing was about 30 minutes off of uh, the local trail road. It looked like a dirt road to me. It, remote, yes, but inaccessible, no. And I said this when the pictures of the cops came out where they were uh, just, you know, scrambling all over the place, uh, checking out this thing, like a bunch of kids, you know, finding a hidden uh, Christmas present. I mean, these guys looked to me like they were in street clothes. I didn't see guys wearing hiking boots and camo. So I knew it couldn't be that far off the beaten track. And so we ended up with a uh, first report of a fellow going out there and finding it. And I have that. Uh, give me one second here. We'll find it. And I found this article from MSN.com. This is a short little article. It says... And it's got a picture of the fellow. He's a, a retired vet. This happened last week before the obelisk actually went missing. It says, Some intrepid visitors have been flocking to a remote part of southern Utah in a bid to be among the first to see the mystery metal monolith. The structure in the Red Rock Desert was first discovered last week from the air by a helicopter pilot and wildlife officials who were carrying out an annual count of bighorn sheep. And that part's a little confusing to me because we've seen this uh, initial account reported so many different ways, and it's a little unclear, but it sounds like, from my impression, it was actually the Utah State Police. Now, how many feds were on board? Because it didn't seem like there were any on board to begin with, but now they're saying... They're saying wildlife officers. Now, whether those were Utah state officers, it just goes to show you the amount of overlap we have between state, local, and federal law enforcement. You know, I'm all about supporting the police, but it seems like we've got more than enough to go around if they have time to pile a half a dozen guys into a helicopter and go out and count sheep. It says they did not share its coordinates, hoping to put people off trying to make their pilgrimages in case they got lost in a remote area. But for some, the intrigue was overwhelming. Now, there you go. This is this big brother attitude that government officials take so oftentimes toward people. You know, it was my understanding that the state and national parks were there for the enjoyment of the people. But we know that's not the case. They're there to fatten the billfolds of bureaucrats. And we know this because every time there's a budget spat, it seems like it doesn't matter if it's a local park a state park or a national park, they put padlocks on the front gates. They're going to punish you because there's a budget impasse. They're holding those things hostage. And that shows you where their real loyalties at. Their real loyalties at their own paycheck. They don't really care too much about how many people come to the park. And they show this by the very fact that they say, we didn't want a bunch of people out here. Well, why? Is that your property? What should it matter to you? It says they did not share its coordinates, hoping to put people off trying to make their own pilgrimages in case they got lost in the remote area. But for some, the intrigue was overwhelming. And then it says around 48 hours after news of their finding was made public, pictures appeared on Instagram of people who had managed to find it. Once again, that was through a crowdsourcing effort where you have multiple people on the ground going onto their computer at home, in their basement, in their bedroom, in their living room, whatever, finding those maps, and then publishing the coordinates of that thing. This is how real UFO investigation gets done. 
That's how, if there's ever a UFO crash, maybe the average Joe can get there before Tom DeLonge and To the Academy of Stars shows up with an army escort to pick up the crashed UFO parts. See, that's what they're really afraid of. The deep state is really afraid of the democratization of knowledge, of this data getting out, of this crowdsourcing that's happening around this subject of the UFO phenomena. They don't like it. Maybe this gives you an idea of why every time you see an article about the UFO phenomena, they have to debunk, criticize, and belittle people who ask questions. They want you to sit there like a dummy and listen. Okay? Listen and obey. It says, um, then it has some pictures there. It says, among them was David Serber, 33, a former U.S. Army infantry officer. Wow, think about that. Remember what happened under Obama when they found the, the uh, oh, the NIAC report down in Missouri. It had listed former military personnel as a, as, as a top threat to the government. Top threat. No, they're not a top threat to the government. They're a top threat to the deep state because they have an intimate understanding of what's going on. So I notice here in this first article, we're talking about a former U.S. Army infantry officer. Well, that's got to just put chills down the back of these deep state psychopaths who drove for six hours through the night to find it after spotting a read-it post purporting to have found its coordinates. Well, it didn't purport to find its coordinates. It actually found the coordinates. Okay? Here you go, MSN. They're going to they're gonna throw shade on the story. They're going to make it sound like, well, maybe somebody claimed to have the coordinates to the obelisk. Well, apparently they actually did have the coordinates because the guy says that he found them online, and he drove there, and voila, there it was. Imagine that. Awesome journey out to the monolith today, he wrote on Instagram, where he also shared his location. Regardless of who built it or where it came from, it was a positive escape from today's world. Some for many people some for many people to rally behind and enjoy together. That's what the officer apparently wrote, the ex-vet. He said he was alone with the structure which he described as formed of aluminum and found and formed of three pieces riveted together for about 10 minutes before others arrived. Overall, not too crowded. You all want to make the journey, he wrote. Tim Slane, who shared the coordinates on Read It, said he worked them out by tracking the flight path of the helicopter. Wow. Now that is... Uh, that's a little bit. That's a that's a tricky little bit of investigation there. See, I wouldn't even have thought of that. But you know, you can go on flight radar. And you see all these airplane uh, routes. They publish all this stuff. That's very interesting. It is not known what the origins of the object estimated by Brett Hutchings, the helicopter pilot who discovered it, to be between 10 foot and 12 foot are, but it has been compared. But it has been compared to the work of several minimal sculptures, including the late John McCracken. A spokesperson for his gallerist, David Zwimmer, told The Guardian earlier this week it was not one of McCracken's works, saying they believed it could be a work by a fellow artist play, paying homage to McCracken. But Zwimmer later told The New York Times it could, in fact, be by the artist. Interesting. So apparently they have no idea. Uh, then... The story moves on from there, and we find out next, uh, a couple days later, that the uh, obelisk actually went missing. 
Now, uh, in between, there were multiple articles written about people being there. And one of them I didn't link to, I just didn't have time, uh, was written by a local paper around there. And they went into great detail about about the uh, the unwashed masses coming out there and messing up the park. And they dedicated quite a bit of the article to implying that somebody uh, had answered the call of nature and left some soiled toilet paper along the road. They really had to make a big deal about that. So you can see there, and throughout the whole article, it was, in my opinion, just to denigrate and uh, insult the people who were, uh, well, the drones, who just couldn't stay home and hide from COVID for another day. You know, you just got this very condescending uh, and distasteful attitude toward people who would be so curious as to get in their car and drive out there and see what this was all about. Now, this article here comes from uh, saltlaketribune.com, and you can find a link at the website, ufowarning.com. It says, Utah's desert obelisk has disappeared, and then it's got a couple, the picture of a couple folks standing next to it. It says, and this article is from a couple days ago, it says, barely a week after it was found, Utah's mystery obelisk has vanished. The Tower of Stainless Steel, in a remote alcove in San Juan County, attracted international attention after wildlife biologists caught a glimpse of it from the air earlier this month. The obelisk even has its own Wikipedia page. Unfortunately for anyone who was hoping to make the pilgrimage to see it in person, it has disappeared the Salt Lake Tribune went to the former location of the obelisk Saturday to confirm its absence. You get that? Mainline media, they have the right to go look at this thing, but you just stay home because you are just a little plebe. All that was left of the tower was a triangular metal piece that used to be on top and a hole where the base of the tower stood. Now, you can look at the pictures. It looks like someone's just come along there maybe with like a cordless skill saw you know, with, a, I suppose, a blade sharp enough to cut rock and just cut a small triangular shape right there in the bedrock. Now, sandstone, I'm assuming this is not like granite, hard enough that you got to cut the stuff, but they made a nice little clean cut and then put the little obelisk right in there. It's odd to me that nobody has found this sooner on Google Maps, so it's been here the whole time. It just goes to show you that there's a lot of investigation left to be done by simply searching through images on Google Maps. It says, all that was left of the tower was a triangular metal piece that used to be on top and a hole where the base of the tower stood. And that tells me that whoever took this thing was in a hurry. So, uh, unlike the satanic cow tippers, uh, they got in and got out, and they apparently uh, left some tire tracks around. It says, um, there are trails and tracks in the area around the obelisk from the many visitors who have come to see it over the past week. The Bureau of Land Management says it did not remove the obelisk. We have received credible reports, quote, that the illegally installed structure, referred to as the monolith, has been removed from the Bureau of Land Management, beyond public lands, by an unknown party, said BLM. Spokesman Kimberly Finch, in the statement to the Salt Lake Tribune, the BLM did not remove the structure which it considered private property. Now, how stupid is that? They tell you that it was put there illegally on public property, but they can't do anything because the structure itself is private property. 
well, how about if I just show up on your BLM lands with an oil derrick and start drilling oil? Would you not remove my oil drilling apparatus because it was private property? You know, when you read through these articles, it seems like these folks that work for the federal government, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't want to confuse prudence with laziness. So I'm just going to say it looks like they're so lazy, they just don't want to do anything. You know, if you know anything about the average federal employee, you know the typical day is them working about two hours and sitting behind a desk for about eight, doing next to nothing. We've proven this over and over again with all kinds of investigations that have been done on these people about how unproductive the federal government workforce is, about how inefficient they are, and about how un needed they are. And I'm not talking about anybody specifically here, but I'm just saying, shouldn't there be a protocol in place that if a exhibit, an art exhibit, has been illegally installed on public lands, that you go take it out and try to put the area back to its natural state, to its previous state? What if somebody would have taken graffiti and painted on the canyon walls? Would they have done anything to clean it up? Or would they just say, well, that's an illegal application of paint? but we can't touch it. It goes on, it says the BLM did not remove the structure which was considered private property. How can it be private property if it was there illegally? We do not investigate crimes involving private property, which are handled by local sheriff's office. Wasn't that amazing? They don't, they don't investigate crimes on federal land? Hmm. We do not investigate crimes involving private property, which are handled by the local sheriff's office. The structure was has received international and national attention, and we received reports that a person or group removed it on the evening of November 27th. Colorado resident Ricardo Marino told the Salt Lake Tribune that he drove eight hours through the night to get to the obelisk. He said he was 30 minutes from the trailhead at 10.40 p.m. when he saw a truck with a large rectangular object in the back driving away from the site. He said he finished a trip to the site and found the obelisk was gone. No kidding. And then it has a picture here of the what's presumed to be the top of the obelisk. Same shape as the bottom of the obelisk and the hole in the ground. Quite interesting. It goes on, it says, It was a very eerie feeling arriving in the moonlight to nothing there, he said. Would have been a lot more eerie maybe if he showed up in the people that were taking the private property ended up being worse than a bunch of pranksters. Another disappointed Twitter visitor was Salt Lake City resident Spencer Owen. Owen was able to see the obelisk Friday afternoon. He camped in the region overnight and decided to visit the structure again on Saturday as he was hiking toward it. People he passed along the trail warned him it was gone. Sure enough, when Owen got back to the site of the obelisk around noon, all that was left of the tower was one triangular piece of metal on the ground. I was really bummed, Owen said. It was so pretty and shiny, I wanted to go see it again. He said the obelisk excited a lot of people. He even saw a person in an ape suit around the area in an apparent reference to the film 2001, A Space Odyssey, which features a similar structure. Stephen Adams said he left Helper at 7 a.m. to drive to the obelisk on Saturday. He asked for directions when he got to the dirt road that leads to the obelisk and was warned that the tower was gone. Adams and some friends decided to hike in anyway. It was pretty disappointing, he said. We were really excited to go down and have an adventure to see it. 
It feels like it was everybody's, and then it was nobody's. It's gone. He said he had hoped that maybe the people who warned him that it was missing were mistaken. Adams said other people he saw on the trail were equally disappointed. Barbara Warnock, a friend of Adams, said she is putting whoever took the obelisk on the naughty list. I think it was kind of a rotten thing to do, she said. Cortland Gordon, a 26-year-old filmmaker from Los Angeles, drove through the night Friday with three of his friends in an attempt to research the obelisk. The fact that the structure became so viral was what drew me to it, he said. I think the pandemic, there wasn't that much go- I think with the pandemic, there wasn't that much going on. Everyone's been home for the whole year, and then you get this weird random news that people want to get outside and see it. The only, the group only heard about the sculpture's disappearance after making the 17-hour drive. Apparently, they don't have access to the internet. We didn't believe the guy who told us when we were hiking up the canyon, he added. We were like, there's no way. But even the change in circumstances, Gordon said the trip was worth it. It's such a cool anomaly, he said. Well, there you go. A lot of very hopeful people trying to find that obelisk showing complete disbelief when they find out that it's not the case. But it's not too late. Possibly they can go to Romania to see the latest one there. And apparently uh, the Romanian government is not Uh, so intent on hiding this one. This article comes from uh, NewYorkPost.com titled Another Mysterious Monolith Appears in Romania by Jesse O'Neill. It says another mysterious monolith has surfaced in Romania days after one vanished without a trace in the Utah desert. The shiny triangular metallic pillar was found a few yards away from the ancient landmark called the Petrodava Dakian Fortress in the city of Piatra, Niemt, on Thursday, according to the Daily Mail. It measures 13 feet tall, and one side faces Mount Siahua, one of the seven natural wonders of Romania that is known locally as the Holy Mountain. We have started, oh, excuse me, the origin of the structure has Romanian officials as baffled as their counterparts in Utah. Apparently, it doesn't take a lot to baffle these folks. The people that want to run your life and tell you that you need to stay home because of a chest cold going around, they're baffled. They're baffled. We have started looking into the strange appearance of the mountain, Neema Culture and Heritage official Roscana Johannes said, per the British paper. Huh. He must have found time to make that uh, statement during the hour or two a day that he's actually productive doing something. I'm, I feel certain that much like his U.S. bureaucrat counterparts, most of his day spent surfing the internet, hanging out with friends, talking on the phone, or maybe planning that next big meeting because you know meetings are important. It says it is on private property. But we still don't know who the monolith's owner is yet. It is in a protected area on the archaeological site. How can it be private property and a protected area? Before installing something there, they need permission from our institution, one that must then be approved by the Ministry of Culture. Yeah, I bet that'll go well. The discovery came as questions persist about the perplexing origin and disappearance of a similar monolith in the remote desert of Utah last week. While the disappearance is neither perplexing, okay, it's neither it's neither perplexing or, under, or, or 
or not understandable, some kids, most likely, went in the pickup truck, pulled the monolisk out of the ground, and took it home. And if I was going to make a guess, I would say there was beer involved, having been a teenager once. It says, on November 18th, wildlife officials counting sheep in a helicopter found the 11-foot-tall triangular structure surrounded by a rock formation. They did not reveal its exact location out of fear that adventurous travelers would get lost in the remote area. No, they wanted to keep it to themselves. But the case was cracked on Read It days later, and by Tuesday, visitors described a circus atmosphere full of YouTubers and confused government officials. That's not really true. Well, the confused government officials is true. Yeah, it sounds like you had a few dozen people show up to look at it. That's not a circus atmosphere. But you know, people have gotten so brainwashed from this COVID nonsense that any time more than three people step out of a house together, it's a big deal. By Friday, the installation was gone without anyone taking credit for the bizarre situation. We have received credible reports that the, that the illegally installed installation referred to as the monolith, has been removed from the Bureau of Land Management Public Lands by an unknown party. You've received credible reports? Well, I don't know. I mean, they're sending you pictures. Apparently, the feds are so lazy, they can't get out from behind the desk and drive out there and have a look. These are the people that you are depending on disclosure from. Too lazy. To get it in a car and go look. These are the people that you are depending upon to tell you that COVID is this terrible disease and we have to lock ourselves in our houses permanently. I would say most of these guys fall somewhere between absolute lazy and complete moron. Somewhere on that scale. And you're depending upon them as the authority givers. Give me a break. By Friday, the installation was gone without anyone taking credit for the bizarre situation. Let me tell you something. When a bunch of teenage cowboys show up and abscond with your monolith and their case of bush light, they're probably not going to leave a calling card telling you where to find the thing at. This is a hallmark of teenagers and rednecks. Okay? These are the guys that are constantly blamed for the surgical cow mutilations. Do you see the difference? When the rednecks show up with beer and trucks, they leave lots of tire tracks. They take stuff, and sometimes they don't even do a very good job. As you can see in this case, they took the monolith, but the top fell off. On the other hand, when you walk out and find one of your cows is posed as if killed by a serial killer, and it has had surgical cuts made on his body and organs removed, and there's not a track around, and the crows and the raccoon and the possum and the coyote won't even come mess with it. That's not something done by beer-drinking rednecks. That's something done that's completely not explainable in human terms. Can you see the difference? Tire tracks... Left behind parts. Yes. I'm surprised they didn't find empty beer cans there, but apparently they were smart enough not to leave their DNA on the scene. It goes on, it says, By Friday the installation was gone without anyone taking credit for the bizarre situation. We have received credible reports 
that the illegally installed structure referred to as the monolith has been removed from the Bureau of Land Management public lands by an unknown party. On November 27th, BLM spokesperson Kimberly Finch said in a statement, the agency did not remove the structure, she said. I also read in other articles that uh, local law enforcement would like to know who took this. They don't really care who put it there, but they want to know who took it. Do you see what's going on here? They want complete control of the narrative. When we have a mystery obelisk, we can use this thing to make fun of people who believe in UFOs. We can use this thing to get the narrative off in any direction we like. We can use this thing to our benefit. But when somebody comes along and takes our bit of stage work away, suddenly we have nothing to talk about except rednecks and trucks. Do you see what's happening? It's about narrative control, and they don't miss a beat. doesn't matter if it's in Utah or Romania. The mainline press handles it the same way. The mystery part of it is used to do nothing more than to control the masses. And when somebody comes along and exerts their own humanness, exerts their own brain to think for themselves and decide, you know what, I'm going to drive out there and have a look. Oh my gosh, people came out here and they used the bathroom and toilet paper and they did not clean up after themselves, they were filthy. People came out here and they took the obelisk. This is not right, we have to find them. And those rednecks left tracks everywhere. At the same time when you have a situation where a farmer walks out and finds his poor cow or 1,500-pound bull staged like it was killed by a serial killer, like I said, with these uh, laser-type wounds where organs have been cut out, where tongues are missing, ears are ritualistically removed, and not a track for a half mile, no explanation of who did this or how it was done, well, then let the debunking begin. They're operating off a script. It should be clear by now. They are operating off a script. That is why every time you see an article about UFOs, they have to cut and paste the Tic Tac image. Every time you have to hear about how mysteriously Tom DeLonge's guy, Christopher Mellon, got those videos from the DOD. Got those things from the bad guys. They're going to rescue us from the deep state. It's all part of this nonsense narrative. And I just want to finish up with this. I know I'm getting a little wound up here, but I... I was looking at my Twitter feed, and I saw a little bit of a back and forth between uh, Steve Greenwald and Nick Pope about... Pope seems to think that... It seems, maybe I'm wrong, and correct me if I am, but he seems to think that there's a pretty good chance that all presidents are briefed on the UFO subject. And maybe, just maybe, Trump is going to be so upset about getting cheated out of the election that he's going to blow this UFO thing out of the water. Now, Greenwald, on the other hand, seems to think that you know, there's no such thing as a deep state. These are just a bunch of hapless, hard-working, you know, deep staters working down there in the bowels of these agencies, and they don't know anything more than we do. Baloney. They know how to make money, okay? They know how to quit their deep state jobs and go to work at some random think tank, whether they're making, whether they're making uh, high-impact movies for the History Channel like DeLong's guys, or whether they're just coming up with uh, all kinds of patents that may or may not work. They know how to use a revolving door. 
So they know something about the UFO stuff, more than we do. Just enough, maybe, to make them rich. But no matter how you slice it, you're not getting disclosure. They can't even be honest with you about a randomly placed 12-foot-tall piece of aluminum. How in the world are they going to be honest with you about something as frightening and as upsetting as a UFO? Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.